All right, let's. Chapter 15. Chapter 15. Of course, the resurrection chapter is what this is. And Paul says in verse 12, let's start there. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? If, if you're preaching that Christ arose from the dead... How can you preach that there's nobody else going to resurrect from the dead? They go hand in hand. The resurrection of Christ, the resurrection of his elect. Now, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, let's talk about us, people. Then is Christ not risen? They're that vital to each other. You can't have one without the other. So it's just that either or. If Christ didn't rise, neither will we. If Christ arose, yes, we will. It's that closely connected. And I don't think many times people really see it as that connected. All right. Verse 14. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. Doesn't matter what you're preaching. Doesn't have anything in it. It's vain. It's empty. It doesn't have any substance to it. And your faith is also vain, empty. Kenos, uh, empty. Nothing to it. Nothing in there. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. Are there false witnesses of God? Yes. And that's why I say they are the Jehovah's false witnesses. And they are because they don't witness of Jehovah. Not at all. <clears throat> because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. We've been, we preached to you the literal Out from among them, resurrection of Christ. That's what it says in the Greek. The resurrection out from among the rest of them. Everybody didn't come out of the graves. When Lazarus came out of the grave, everybody else didn't come with him. When Christ arose, there were some dead folk in Matthew, the last Matthew, and they walked the streets. He said, well, I'm going to give you a, a, a dissertation on them, on those people that resurrected and walked the streets of Jerusalem. I just gave it to you. I just told you all I know about them. And don't ever worry about somebody else telling you something else because it ain't available this ought to settle anything the Bible does not say and when the Bible does not say 
We ought not to be speculating on it. I don't like to discuss things that I can't prove from the Word of God. Don't like to even say, well, what if this? I don't know. I'm not even going to give myself to it. Don't even waste my brain power. I've got precious little, and I don't want to waste it. (laughs) Anyway. Verse 15, yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ. That's what they've testified of, that God raised up Christ. Well, the, the truth of the matter is Christ was raised by the glory of God. He was raised by his own power. He was raised by the eternal spirit. There's the, the Trinity, the triune Godhead, cooperating in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just as the Trinity cooperated in the creation of the universe. God the Father planned it. God the Son effected it. God the Spirit perfected it. Just the same way that God the Father elected his people before the foundation of the world. God the Son redeemed them. And God the Spirit applies it. Cooperation in the Trinity. Perfect cooperation. And yet we we maintain the dignity of the Trinity. We don't put the Son before the Father or the Spirit before the Son. The order is this. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. Must maintain that dignity. And then... Go on down the line. We got that back in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians. The order of humanity. There's man and there's woman. Doesn't mean woman is inferior. But in God's order, he made man and then he made woman. He didn't make any in-betweens. He didn't make any pre He didn't make any post. He made man and he made woman. There are two genders. And that's all. Anybody that is a female and says it's a male, they are deranged. They're mental. They ought to be in a psycho ward. A male that says it's a female, they are deranged. They ought to be in a psycho ward, they're, they're dangerous to be out in population. And yet, they're controlling our whole, the school system. A fellow told me the other day, he's in charge of putting up signs on the teacher's doors. And from now on, when school starts this year, he can only put the last name. He can't put a MR or a MRS or a MS. Whatever it is. It can't be Mr. or Miss. It's just got to be the last name. It cannot be that specific. It cannot be that gender specific. Well, we've got a bunch of deranged. And the guy right down there in Frankfurt named Bashir, he's at the head of it. What he knows how to do is murder babies and promote LGBTQ queer. That's what he does. They've got a they've got a T-shirt or I guess some kind of shirt. 
they're going to have to wear when they open up school. Love is love and the rainbow on it. Meaning that if it's a man and a man and they love each other, it's okay. If it's a woman and it's a woman and they love each other, it's okay. Anyway, we don't want to be found false witnesses of God. God established marriage in the Garden of Eden. He didn't marry Adam and Steve. He married Adam and Eve. I know the Supreme Court, what they did. I know what that... That guy sits in that office up there. I know what he says. But he's a criminal. Do you realize that those people have stolen more money than probably everybody put together in LaGrange and Eddyville? And what's that in the Danville? Is it still down there? Prison. You could probably put together two or three big prisons and everybody that's in there for theft, they haven't come anywhere near stealing what those, him and his sons stolen. I'll tell you what, Judgment Day is going to reveal a whole lot. Anyway, verse 16, if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. Is that that important? You realize how many people deny the resurrection? The Sadducees denied it. And there are lots and lots and lots of people that deny it. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. Now that word for vain there is matayos. And it means idolatry. Then if Christ is not raised, you've got an idolatrous faith. And ye are yet in your sins. And Jesus said not long ago we talked about that. The very final word, ye shall die in your sins. And when you die in your sins, you go right where the rich man went. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Now where is our hope? But of all... If what he's saying is true, Christ didn't rise, there is no resurrection, then they which have fallen asleep in Christ. Well, now how many have fallen asleep in Christ? Well, let's go back to Adam. You say, well, how did they fall asleep in Christ? They were looking forward to the coming of Christ, to the Messiah. What I say this morning? One problem, one solution, 
one way, one Savior, one gospel. There has never been any other way of solving the problem of sin but the one way. Jesus said, I am the way. He's always been the only way. All right. Then they which have fallen asleep in Christ. Now, I think I gave you some evidence last time that sleep, with reference to a believer dying, is what that, the, the, which, what that is. Uh, Jesus said, Behold, he sleepeth, and then it tells us he spoke dying. John 11. Anyway, verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. I've heard well-meaning mamas and daddies and brothers and sisters and husbands and wives Say, well, at least they're going to some kind of a church. Whatever kind of church it is. They don't don't preach the gospel. They don't preach anything. I'd rather for them go to some kind of church than no church at all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, the liberals say today, you don't have to accept Christ in, in everything. You don't have to stand for the virgin birth or virgin conception of Christ just so you believe in Christ. You don't have to believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ just so you believe in Christ. You don't have to believe in the miracles of Christ just so you believe in Christ. You don't have to believe that he died on the cross to satisfy God's justice. Just so you believe in Christ. Verse 19, he says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ. He didn't say you're better off having hope in Christ in this life only. We are of all men most miserable. So that's that's just not true. People say, oh, well, some is better than none. No. Don't mess with it. If it ain't true, don't mess with it. Leave it alone. But, verse 20. To put aside all that. But now is Christ risen from the dead. And become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death. Now you know evolution. That's a big issue. Evolution says that evolution brought death. Had nothing to do with man. And that death is a way for evolution to grow. That's what they teach. But the Bible plainly teaches, and you're in it in Genesis, 
There was no such a thing as death before Adam and Eve sinned. Death did not exist. So, y'all, you creationists, y'all, y'all teach that uh, everything's just like God made it. No, we don't. Quit lying on us. We don't teach that at all. We teach the world that God made was made just like he intended for it to be. And it was without sin in it. And God had fellowship with Adam and Eve every day. In the cool of the day, he walked with Adam and Eve. Until Adam and Eve sinned. First catastrophe. We are catastrophists. We believe that there have been catastrophes in this world. And the first catastrophe came right there when Adam and Eve sinned and God kicked them out of the Garden of Eden into a hostile world. And there were thorns and thistles that didn't exist before Adam and Eve sinned. And in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. There wasn't any such thing as death until they ate of the fruit of the tree. Evolution did not bring death. There was no death before Adam and Eve. Death came as a result of the rebellion of Adam and Eve. That's a big issue. And people say, oh, well, I believe. I believe in those millions of years. Well, then you're making God a liar. You're making God's word a lie. There's all that prehistoric stuff. Get off of it. There ain't no prehistoric stuff. There's no such thing as prehistoric. Quit saying it. Don't give them that much credence. When did history start? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis 1-1. That's when recorded history started. And there is no history before that. Before that, you've got God in eternity. Now, all that goes against all science. Let them prove it's wrong. Pull up some of that prehistoric record. It's all baloney. It doesn't exist. Anyway. For since by man came death. You realize how important that statement is? The whole evolutionary theory is not even... It's not even a a valid theory. There's got to be some evidence for a theory. And there's no evidence for that. But it absolutely contradicts that. God says, by man came death. By man came also the resurrection of the dead. And that was the first man was Adam and the second man was Jesus Christ. That's the two men. 
I preached a message. Two men. Adam, number one. And Adam, number two. The last Adam. Verse one and two. For as in Adam, all died. Now how many didn't die in Adam? The last Adam. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now who was in Adam? Every human being. Adam the first man. Eve the mother of how many? All living. There it is. And in Adam number two, all shall be made alive. Who all's in Adam number two? All of his people. See, that limits it right there. That, that takes it out of the hands of the Mar- Armenians. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Well, we're talking about the procedure of the resurrection. Oh, then cometh the end. When he shall shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father. Nah. I think he's talking about millennial kingdom. When he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. Now we read in Revelation chapter 20 and on, and then the prophets. There's a lot to take place before, during the the millennial reign, and immediately thereafter. Lots take place. And that's a thousand years. I know that these uh, demonic people that talk about their millions and billions of years, they've got that thing so that a thousand doesn't seem like much at all. It is a lot, but yeah. Let's see. I think the last statements of how old the universe is is 14 to 14.5 billion years old. That'd be 14, 14 and a half billion. Well, now half a billion. It's 500 million. How, how, we talk about, we may be five or six years off. They got 500 million to play with. How would you like to have a bank account like that? If you don't write a check over 500 million, you're, you're all right. I mean, how much leeway do you want? 
And that's what the evolutionists have got. They take it on themselves. Well, then come at the end. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, uh, even the Father. Now that's a little Hebraism in the Greek New Testament. Uh, got a got a Hebrew writing it, <laughs> so yeah. Delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father. See that just further explains God. Okay. Uh, they say now that. That most young people nationwide, maybe even worldwide, when you say God, they have no idea. It used to be in this country, if you say, I believe in God, people knew that you meant the God of the Bible. They no longer mean that. They no longer understand that. Now young people, because they've got Buddha, Hindu, Muhammad, Islam, they've got it all on the same level. And God covers it all. Now you know how many years back did I start telling you all, when we name God, we need to name him. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to identify him every time we mention him because most in this world have no idea who we're talking about. They won't be able to give you a rundown of what you just said, but they will know it ain't one of them they got in their mind. That's right. Now... When he shall have put down all rule, that's other, other kings, students, presidents, everything, rule, and all authority and all power. Uh, I think he's going to take care of things at the uh, Battle of Gog and Magog when Satan's unloosed. And goes out and gathers his army from people who have been living under perfect government for a thousand years. Many of them live that long. Or about that long. But they don't love him any more then than they did start with and they hated him and said, give us Barabbas. They still don't love him. Here, You know there's 13 Republicans trying to run for a nomination for president. Thirteen people running for that nomination. And here they say, and I, if I be elected, I will make everything right again. That's what they all say. Amen. <laughs> oh, there's only one going to make it right again. <laughs> He's going to put all that rule and authority and power down and that power go down in the battle of Gog and Magog. And we all know who wins that battle. Yeah, buddy. And then he says, the God, the Father, here's the kingdom. 
<laughs> the eternal kingdom. For he, that is Jesus Christ, must reign Amen. till he hath put all enemies under his feet. See, after the, the, during the millennial reign, he's sitting on the throne of David, ruling and reigning from Jerusalem. The law shall go forth from out of Jerusalem. But he never gives up that reign, never gives up that power. He just puts down all the rest of the power, and then he delivers it up to God the Father. Oh, and then one last thing he's going to put down. Now the evolutionists say, death is a wonderful, beautiful part of life. That's what they say. They teach the kids that. Death is just, it's just wonderful. And it's death that brings evolution along. Because all the inferiors die out and the superiors live. That makes us all better. Well, if you think dying out helps, go ahead, help yourself. I'm going to live for a while, as long as I can. Anyway, here's that last. So when you think about, well, I really, really hate the my mother, my daddy, my brother, my sister, my daughter, my son, my cousins died. It really bothers me. Death is not your friend. He says the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Now, you know how I know that death is my enemy? Because God told me it was. Amen. And as I think about what God told me, I look around and I... I don't know where everybody's at. They're all gone. Everybody I ever cared about. Most of them gone. Is it right with you? Right? What happened to them? They died. You mean death has taken away my loved ones? Absolutely. It ain't done yet. That won't be done until the last enemy is put down by the Lord. And then we can say, oh, grave, oh, death, where is thy sting? And grave, where is thy victory? I'll tell you where it is. It got swallowed up by Christ. That's what. Because, for, because he hath put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. Didn't put God under. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, Subdued, put under. Then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Amen. There's the Trinity. Amen. Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead? 
if the dead rise not at all, why are they then baptized for the dead? And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? Now, we talked about this last week. My nephew, great nephew, studied genealogy for our family. Didn't he, Dave? And where did you tell me he had to get most of his information? Huh? Salt Lake City, Utah. The head of Mormonism. They have the most prolific genealogical records of every human being that's ever lived in the world in Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, I don't know whether he went out there or he did it on the internet. Okay. But right here is the reason they got that. Because they teach that if you're a good Mormon and you've got the wedding garments on, now if you're a good Mormon, you go out there and you get married in the temple, Salt Lake City. And you put the wedding garments. Well, they're long johns is what they are. For men and for women. And they're, they're uh, anatomically correct. I've seen them. And from that time on, those Mormons can never be out of contact with their wedding garments. If they take a bath, they've got to be hold, uh, holding them in their hand outside the bathtub or shower. They can never lose contact with those wedding garments. But that makes them a real Mormon. Or else they'll be kicked out. So you talk about a work salvation. That would be a work, wouldn't it? Trying to keep hold of something like that. Anyway. But here's what they do. They go back there and they, and they get all of their records of their family all the way back as far as they can go. And then they go to that Mormon tabernacle and no telling how many times they're dumped for everybody that's ever lived in their family. They say that George Washington has been baptized by proxy Thousands of times. People go back there and get baptized for George Washington. Now the Camelots teach that baptism saves you. But I don't think they go that far. And they say this is the verse that justifies that. Well now let's look at that. What have we been talking about all the way up to now? The context. The gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, baptism is a picture of that, right? Yes. 
12. What shall they do which are baptized? For the word is huper in the Greek. And it means concerning. Else what shall they do which are baptized concerning the dead? If the dead rise not at all, why are they then baptized concerning the dead? Or with reference to the dead. Baptism is with reference to a death. Not a birth as the Campbellites say. He's talking about being born again, born of water. No, 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 no. Baptism is about a death. And so if the dead rise not at all, what was their baptism? Death, burial, and resurrection. And if there's no resurrection, what shall they do? There isn't no resurrection. So then everything was just phony. Didn't mean anything. And that's exactly what he's talking about. Why are they then baptized concerning the dead? What's all that mean? It's meaningless if there's no resurrection from the dead. And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? Paul and those with him that are preaching the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And of course the other attendant doctrines, scriptural baptism, church membership, and all that. Why stand they in jeopardy every hour? If you're in jeopardy, you're in trouble. You are potentially dead. They call that double jeopardy in the courts being tried for the same thing twice is double jeopardy jeopardy's bad you don't want to stand in jeopardy and why stand we in jeopardy every hour if there's no resurrection Christ did not die Christ did not raise there's no resurrection for us why are we being killed all the day long for a for a doctrine that doesn't exist. Why stand we in jeopardy every hour? All right, I'm going to quit right there. We'll take it up again next time.